And you know, one of the things that I have to do for my job uh, is I have to keep my eye on the ball. I have to figure out what trends are um, happening and how things are changing and what people are talking about. One of the things I've noticed online in my searches is that magnesium is getting a lot of hype these days. Uh, One of the articles that I recently read was, we're calling it magnesium is officially the new melatonin. And a lot of people take melatonin when they travel to help them sleep better. Uh, We produce melatonin naturally, and it allows us to, you know, uh, go to sleep at an appropriate hour and wake up uh, at an appropriate hour. But I wanted to get to the bottom of exactly what magnesium does for us and why we need it, and if this is being overhyped. So we're joined by Dennis Collier, who's a registered dietitian and seasonal scientist Sessional lecturer, rather, at the University of Toronto. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Kelly. So my curiosity is peaked. Is it just me, or are you hearing more about magnesium lately? We're definitely hearing more about magnesium, Kelly. And the, and the date that I could go back to when all this started was 2006. Wow. When a book appeared called The Magnesium Miracle. Now, to me, this is a great microcosm to illustrate the differences in hype around nutrition versus science. And uh, if, you're, if you and your listeners would be, would be interested, Kelly, I could real quick uh, go through some of the differences in hype versus science about this mineral that we uh, call magnesium. That's exactly why we called you. All right, so let me just use this as a big red flag, okay, Kelly? If you or anybody hears something referred to as a miracle, this is a good indication that the person is not engaging in scientific thinking. By definition, Kelly, this is hyperbole, because we don't believe in miracles in science. Um, Magnesium has been linked to all kinds of things. You mentioned sleep. I got some more for you. How about cramps, migraines, depression, physical uh, exercise performance, dementia, diabetes, bone health, blood pressure, stroke. All these things have been studied for their uh, association with magnesium. Some of them have more scientific merit uh, than others. now, you mentioned, uh, one of the ones I mentioned there was, uh, was, was cramping. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another good example to illustrate the differences in hype versus science, because I can quote some studies for you, Kelly. Go for it. Uh, and this is not, it's not even just studies, okay? Uh, in 2012, a study of studies appeared uh, in something called a Cochrane Database Review. Now, what this is, these authors assimilate all the studies they can find at the highest quality of evidence, okay? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the best of the best um, of all the studies that have investigated the link between magnesium and cramping. It's a meta-study. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, it's not a study. It's a study of studies. Yep. And what these authors found is, I'm sorry to say to all the, uh, you know, the, the, the supplement uh, companies out there, not convincing evidence. Really? Because, you know, I, I did have a, somebody, I had an issue with some cramping in my legs, and, and a friend of mine said, take some magnesium. I started taking magnesium. That went away. Is that all mind over uh, matter here? Uh, you're reading my mind, Kelly, because uh-huh. what these authors stated was, in fact, a word for word, not convincing evidence that magnesium works any better than a placebo. Mm. And what you're asking, of course, is a great, uh, a great question. Uh, if I gave you just a, a pill, okay, with nothing in it, your mind can do crazy things, and maybe you might think that that pill, which is actually nothing, helped you uh, with, this, with this issue. Especially- well, there's 30 bucks down the drain. <laughs> Literally. If you Flush. Want- if you want to hear some better news, there are some, some areas where magnesium is a little bit better. Yes, please. Okay, so... Um, how about magnesium and diabetes? Uh, another study of study, a meta-analysis came out in 2011, where they found magnesium intake significantly inversely associated with risk of type 2 diabetes. So in other words, as your magnesium intake goes up, 
risk of type 2 diabetes goes down. That's kind of a promising find. Mm-hmm. Um, how about magnesium and blood pressure? Uh, I got a study came out in 2016, uh, 2,000 people. The authors concluded our findings, listen to this, our findings indicate a causal effect of magnesium supplements on lowering blood pressure in adults. So those are two that are kind of promising. And I got one more for you, mm-hmm. which is the most important of all, how about dropping dead. This is, the, of course, the be-all and end-all outcome. And this, uh, this study came out in 2016, Kelly. Um, one million people, okay, mm-hmm. involved in this study. So they ask them how they eat. They ask them, uh, they, they, they try to um, uh, eliminate co-founders like exercise and, uh, and smoking and all those kind of things. When they stratify based on intake, the highest magnesium consumers versus the lowest magnesium consumers significantly lower risk for type 2 diabetes, stroke, heart failure, and guess what? Early death. Early death. Uh, these authors actually specified an extra 100 milligrams per day of magnesium is protective. Okay, what does magnesium do? Because it's found in uh, the foods we eat. What does it do for the body? So the reason why magnesium is linked to so many different things, and that list that I read you at the beginning is quite extensive. You won't find too many uh, uh, nutritional um, um, entities that are linked with so many things. And probably the best reason is because um, magnesium's main function is what we call as serving as a cofactor for over 300 enzymes that we have in our body. So these enzymes are things that, um, that, that, that catalyze uh, vital metabolic reactions in our body. As you can imagine, there's, there's thousands of these. And magnesium is a vital component in over 300. So put all that together, and, and magnesium has a role to play in, in an awful lot of things uh, that go on in the human body. So how, how should we get our magnesium? Mainly through food, and what foods are high in magnesium? So here's the foods that are high in magnesium. Um, if you eat things like almonds, spinach, cashews, peanuts, um, uh, beans, whole grains, it's kind of widespread, mm-hmm. okay, Kelly? Uh, but, but those are some of the high magnesium foods. Guess what? If you eat those kind of foods that I just mentioned, you're going to be healthy for reasons other than magnesium, because we know those foods are great. They're high in magnesium, but they're also really healthy foods if your diet is high in nuts and whole grains and, and, and you know, green leafy vegetables. So I would suggest eating those foods. If you're going to take a magnesium supplement, and I'm not here to recommend magnesium supplements, right? but let me say this, because I, I don't like giving sitting on the fence answers, Kelly. There's a lot of stupider things you could take than magnesium. Should you talk to your doctor first? Uh, absolutely. Or, or uh, let me do, do you one better. Yeah. Registered dietitian. Okay. Go talk to a registered dietitian. They'll analyze your diet. And if you're deficient in magnesium, as, uh, as is not, not in common in Canada. Who would be deficient in magnesium, Dennis? Um, so here's what I'll say. Overt magnesium deficiency is rare, okay, in Canada. However, a high proportion of Canadians consume less uh, than what we think you should get. So it's, it's, it's rare to see an overt deficiency, but there's reason to believe that if you're an average Canadian, the data suggests you, you might not be getting enough magnesium. Those foods that I mentioned are ones you should eat, um, so I would recommend a diet high in those things. Mm-hmm. And, if you, and if you really, really are convinced that supplementation is for you, um, uh, they, they recommend never, ever taking more than 350 milligrams per day. Um, that study that I showed about the death those guys suggested mm-hmm. 100 milligrams per day um, is protective. Um, 
Is it like is when you take a, some supplements? You know, people say, "Well, if you take too much vitamin C, you just pee it out anyways. Like it doesn't it doesn't hurt you." Is there anything detrimental to having too much magnesium in your body? Absolutely, and I never ever buy that uh, that other analogy either. By the way, Kelly, I, I, I caution my students. Who knows who they are, quacks? <laughs> No, there's reasons to believe. I mean, if you don't need these things, yeah. then, uh, th- there is some, some evidence that it might not just be the case where you're going to have ex- expensive pee. Uh, these things could actually harm you. Um, the, the magnesium issue, no one's ever overdosed on magnesium through diet, okay? That has never happened. However, if you're getting into supplements, again, above 350 milligrams per day, Uh, I mean, all bets are off, Kelly. Uh, You might have some kind of negative health outcome befall you if you're up in that range. Is the takeaway, Dennis, that don't believe that anything is a uh, a miracle on its own? You're going to have to look at your diet and and your overall health. Your diet, your overall health, your exercise, uh, don't smoke cigarettes, get lots of sleep. Um, I'm sorry to say being healthy is a very, very complex thing, Kelly. And magnesium or any other supplement... Uh, would kind of represent the proverbial tip of the iceberg. Dennis, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I'm going to keep your number handy and use it again. Great. Uh, anytime, Kelly. All right. Have a fantastic afternoon. Dennis Collier is a registered dietitian and sessional lecturer at the University of Toronto, and I'd like to say new friend of the show.